And welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. And of course, we chose to play this song in honor of the 4th of July, which took place this past weekend. And I wanted to try to find some good, uh, you know, patriotic songs uh, to play during this show. And I'm sure that there's one really patriotic song that you're probably thinking to yourself, Booch, why didn't you choose that song? And the answer is, stay tuned after this segment, because the outro song for 
part one is going to be probably the one that you're thinking. But I chose this song because even though I'm not really that big of a fan of Miley Cyrus, and you probably would get that if you've heard my stand-up, this is still a great song. And this was back when Miley Cyrus was transitioning from Hannah Montana to the vulgar, short-haired, twerking tramp that we know her as today that doesn't make good music and is out of her fucking mind. But at this time, she was still somebody that, you know, put out good music and was very entertaining and was sexy but didn't have to overdo it in order to get her point across. She was already beautiful, but then she got caught up in Hollywood and all the crazy shit and she was trying to find life after Disney because the Disney Corporation at times can be a little bit like a pedophile. And by that, I mean, once you're an adult, they want nothing to do with you anymore. I've actually heard that most uh, Disney characters, once they reach like 18 and stuff, they don't really want to fuck with you no more because Disney Channel is all about child stars. And the only time they bring in adults is to play parents and teachers and shit like that. But the, their, their shows primarily are centered around kids. So once you become a certain age, they don't want to fuck with you no more. So Miley Cyrus had to go through all of that. And anyway, that's why I chose to play this song because, you know, it's all about partying in the USA and it's all about America. And regardless of how you feel about Miley Cyrus, it's a positive song for the country and it's a country that we all love. And 4th of July is basically a party in the USA for the USA in honor of our independence. And that was Miley Cyrus with Party in the USA here on the Boochcast. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to move on to a special segment we call the Pay-Per-View Review. And this is a special segment we like to do here on the Boochcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know how this goes, I'll explain it to you. Uh, basically, uh, myself and Gator Ricky Ross, who is joining me right now here on the Boochcast. Uh, Hello. Yes, what we do is we take a look back at some classic pay-per-views from yesteryear. Uh, 2010 is our cutoff. That's as far as, far back as we're going to go. And yes. we'll go up to 2010. And what we do is we analyze the pay-per-views uh, through the perspective of both when we were fans and as two people people who have worked and sometimes currently work in the wrestling business. As you guys know, Gator has a history of working in uh, indie wrestling. He's been a wrestler, he's been a manager, he's been a referee, he's been a commentator, he's been a ring announcer. He pretty much got the business covered. And I, of course, was a I of course was a commentator, a ring announcer. I did a lot of behind the scenes shit that I will that I wish I didn't have to fucking do, but whatever. Well, uh, okay, can we can we I love you, but I've also done behind the scenes shit. Uh, God damn it. So anyway, um, we, every 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 week with this fucking guy, it's something. It, it always, like, Jesus. Dude, I'm just listing accolades. This isn't a dick measuring contest, for Christ's sake. So anyway. Um, My penis is bigger. Whatever. So anyway, we have now chosen a particular pay-per-view uh, this time around, and we chose The Great American Bash from 1990. So, we're going to be looking at the 1990 Great American Bash, which uh, took place on July 7th, 1990, at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, And, of course, it was the sixth annual Great American Bash, and it was one of WCW's, like, top pay-per-views, one of the most important ones that people look forward to seeing. So, we knew we had a good one on our hands here. This was a very historic Great American Bash, we're going to get into why in a moment. But, what we're going to do is, we're going to kick things off with the first official match of the evening. We have Brian Pillman, Flying Brian, versus, and oh boy, here we go, the Nature Boy, Buddy Landell. 
I'm not saying shit. You're not saying shit? No, you do it. Okay. Um, why? I'm on track. Okay, Buddy Landell. Here's what really pisses me off about this. What really makes me mad. Okay, obviously, if you guys are frequent listeners to the Broochcast, you know that um, a while back when we were doing Fall Brawl 95, I believe it was. It was a Bash of the Beach. I think it might be bashed. No, it was Fall Brawl. Um, we had a discussion about a guy called the Renegade, which caused Gator to go on a rank, a rant about people stealing gimmicks. It was <laughs> one of the biggest meltdowns Gator has had in the history of the show. And at one point, not, not the biggest, but one of the biggest. Yes. yes. And at one point, a gentleman's name was brought up by Gator, who is somebody that uh, I, I, we both have met in the business. Um, Gator does not like this gentleman. I personally have had great experiences talking to him. So He's a, he is a sweet person. I just don't agree with what he does. Yes. And he is known as the nature boy, Paul Lee. And, yes, and Paul Lee gets a lot of shit for being like Ric Flair. Now, being like? Yes, uh, for his Ric Flair imitation. He wears the... He wears the robe, he has the hair done the right way, he comes out to the ring, and even though he never actually calls himself Ric Flair, he calls himself Paul Lee, he always tells people, I am the real nature boy. And it, and it gets so much heat, and it's so great as a heel. He even has the catchphrase, woo me, just don't boo me. No, 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 no. Gator, no. I'm painting the picture for the audience here. no. Stop. So anyway, and the thing is, Paul Lee gets so much shit from people for doing this gimmick. Meanwhile, this sorry motherfucker gets a free pass. No, he doesn't. He doesn't? No. Because I haven't heard one person bitch about Buddy Landell. I have not heard one motherfucker. It hasn't hasn't come up yet. Would you like me to start? Please. I need to know this. Benny? Yes? I'm having heart palpitations. Okay. That doesn't answer my question. Oh, he's still in gimmicks. Fucking Buddy Landell is the nature boy with the hair, with the robe. And he looks just like fucking Ric Flair. Exactly. You know why they hired, you know why they hired fucking Buddy Landell? You know why? why they hired him? You know why? why they hired him? Why? Because this is during the time when Ric Flair decided he was going to dump companies with the company's fucking belt. Oh. Remember? Vaguely. Vaguely. This is this is around that time, okay? So bootleg Ric Flair here does this shit. Okay. I'm having heart I believe it. Uh-huh. It was fucking nine minutes and 29 seconds. Thankfully, Brian Pillman won this match, but it Pillman just... carried it. Yeah. Let me just talk about out-of-shape bullshit wrestlers. You were out of shape, you fat fuck. What? He was out of shape. Yeah, he was. I'm, I'm the nature boy, Buddy Landell. Except I don't actually eat from nature unless you count fatty fucking foods from fucking McDonald's. You know, people give Paul Lee shit, but at least that motherfucker stays in shape. This guy could barely, yes, this guy yes. was fucking winded as hell. I think the nature boy would would eat fucking organic. No, the, age, the nature boy is eating at fucking five guys. Well, as the nature boy, I guess he liked to eat five guys. It's like you're supposed to eat from nature, not from boys, dumbass. Oh, Mr. Woodrelli. Yes. I'm having heart palpitations. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna move on from this match because clearly. No, no, we're not. Okay, let me tell you something about this fucking shit. I don't like it. Okay. If it was this easy to steal gimmicks, you'd see everybody doing. It. I'd be walking around. Look at me. I'm the Gator Taker. Ta-da! Rest in pieces, bitches. Rest in Reese's pieces. <laughs> 
actually wouldn't mind wrestling in Reese's Pieces. That sounds pretty cool. All right, so now we move on to the next match of the evening. We have Mike Rotunda versus the Iron Sheik. I like this one. I do too. I did. I enjoyed it. It was very old school. I almost forgot the Iron Sheik was ever in WCW. Yes. The only thing is, <laughs> if, I don't know if you catch it, Okay. but the Iron Sheik says, fuck you, America, twice. Oh, God. And I have it in my notes. Oh, God. While he has, while he has, while he's working on the arm. Of Mike Rotunda. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt's daddy. Yes. That is, and it was six minutes and 46 seconds. So again, we're in a situation with a lot of short matches. Yes, but, but they, they meant something in a larger spectrum. Yes, and... The thing is here, they were short matches, but they told a story within that short time. They did. They so really let's, did. Let's move on to the next one because I've got, I've got nothing but fucking praise for this next match. Okay, and uh, on that note, we move on to that next match. We have the world's strongest man, sure Mark Henry loved hearing that, Doug Furness versus Dutch Mantel. Oh, I love this. I loved every fucking minute of this. You know why I loved it? Why? Dirk, Fur- Dirk Furness during this time hadn't been wrestling six, eight months. Dirk Furness knew what he was doing, but he was still greener than baby shit. Dutch Mantel in this match, for all young heels in the business, I, I challenge you to watch this match and see what a ring general a heel has to be in order to make a baby face look good. Vinny? Yeah, Dutch was fantastic in this. Dutch sold, he gave and he took, he got his heat, and then he gave his heat back. And he worked around this greener than baby shit baby face. He did. And you, and, and here's the funny thing. If you didn't know what to look for to tell this, you aren't going to tell this. Yeah, that's very true. He made this kid look good. Yeah, he made him look like a million Doug, bucks. See, Doug Furnish was a football player. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mentioned he was a football player. Yeah, he made... He made Okay, so Dutch does a lot of things in here what we talk, we call, and Vinny Mayer may not have heard this term. I don't know yet if you have or not. Okay. But feed and let go. Feed and let go. Have you heard this term? I've heard the feed, but not the let go part. The let, the let go is the ending, basically. So feed would be when Dutch is, when Dutch is getting his heat, he's feeding his heat. Okay. Letting go would be when when he starts making his comeback and Dutch lets it go. Yes. So Dutch Dutch gets his heat, and by heat I mean he's pissing the fans off, trying to make this baby face look. Yeah. So he puts in the boots. I mean he didn't. There, there's very little things Dutch does here. I mean the little work in the corner. The little work in the corner. You remember this, Vinny? Yeah, I remember this. The work in the corner. You know how easy and how quick he did that, and how the people hated him so quick. Oh. And then how big of a pop Doug Furness got when he. Re- Reversed it on that final third try. Oh, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Told a hell of a story. You know who was good, who was evil. You knew you knew who to cheer, who to boo. You. I mean, this is just beautiful. This is how... This right here is what I would show a young guy that's just getting in the business. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great it's tutorial. It, this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. In 11 minutes and 18 seconds, they got it done. And they told a hell of a story. Yeah. And speaking they of stories, story. this is another interesting one we have here on that note. Uh, we have... Harley Race versus a guy we talked about before on a different segment, uh, Wildfire Tommy Rich. Oh, fuck yeah. I, so, you know your, your whole thing with uh, Ricky Steamboat? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't watch this in good conscience. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I thought it was a decent match. I mean, it wasn't... It was decent, but it was not... It, it, it didn't... It wasn't on the same as Dutch and Furnace. Oh, no, not, not at all. I was... I was so... I was marking out. Did you mark out on Dutch and Furnace? 
Uh, I didn't mark out, but I I love seeing Dutch because you know I'm I'm I don't see him wrestle a whole lot, so I thought it was cool to see that. Oh yeah, I was amazed. At, like when I watched this, I, I realized. The fucking body hair. I realized this is why he's a booker. Mm-hmm. I see why he's such a good booker now. Mm-hmm. And you knew what to look for. Exactly. And but anyway, this was nowhere. This to me did not go anywhere close to the love that I have for the match. Yeah, and it was it was a match that was just there. It was decent. It worked, and it was entertaining. But that's about as far as it went. And. It's, And on that note, we're on the next match of the evening for the United States Tag Team Titles. Uh, We had the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette against the Southern Boys, Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers. This is another one that I'm going to talk very highly of, Benny. I had a feeling you would. Why did you say? Why you say that? Um, let's just say that uh, you know it was it was a show you just couldn't turn down. Oh, he never had to. No, it usually. You know, I, just, I mean, he did use his tennis racket off a lot. Tag, this was tag team wrestling at its finest, and this was and Jimmy, man, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim Cornette had a way of making you hate his pompous little rich boy spoiled ass. Yep. Didn't he? Yeah. Some would say that still carries over today. I mean, he, he definitely is an amazing manager. And the Midnight Express, of course, was, you know, one of the most decorated tag teams. And them and the Southern Boys had one hell of a fight. It was 18 minutes and 14 seconds. And it was epic from start to finish. Like, you 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 were on the edge of your seat watching this one. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually seen this match quite a few times. Um, and the reason I have seen it quite a few times is because this was a match that I was shown as a kid when I first started realizing I was going to be a manager and not like a full-time wrestler. Yeah. And this was just, just even from the small subtleties, when they knew when to feed into the fans, the heels did. Yeah. Okay? When they were chanting, Jimmy sucks, Jimmy sucks, and you see Stan Lane come out of the ring and hold Jim Cornette's ears as Jim Cornette throws one of his epic temper tantrums. Yes. You don't get chills? Oh, I, oh, it's it's cool. I mean, I don't think it chills, but I like it. Beautiful. You know, I like it. It's comedic. It's comedic. It got heat. And it gets heat, yeah. So it fits. It got heat. That's what I want people to understand. You don't always have to hit somebody or to do something or to bump to get heat. Yeah. You All can just... Jim Cornette had to do was exist. Yeah. And look like a little rich asshole. Yep, that he did. And Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it was beautiful? very beautiful. It was very beautiful. How, that's, I mean, and even at the end, the finish. Vinny, the finish. Yes, the finish. That's how you do a proper managerial style finish. I agree. That's how it's done. So for all young managers, if you want to watch something, go back and watch this match. Because yeah. this match will show you yeah, he, how he, easy it is as a manager to get your heat. Yeah, can you describe the finish for everyone? I... I'm trying to remember, but I think it was Cornette was up on the ropes. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Referee comes over. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, one of the Southern boys comes towards Cornette. Cornette grabs him. 
Uh, I think it was Stan Lane runs in, knocks Corny down. Southern Boy rolls him up. One, two, three. They're the tag team champs, correct? Well, no. The Midnight Express won that match. Yes. Uh, no, this was... Hold on. I apologize. This was the racket, correct? Yeah, this was the one with the racket. This is the one with the racket. So, Cornette, and I will say this as a manager as well, because this... Now, I apologize for that, because I, I did just watch another match on a, uh, a Smoky Mountain where he did a similar thing with the uh, with Tracy Smothers. So, I apologize. But, um, anyway... This is where he hits them with the racket and gets over with the racket, correct? Yes. Okay. Cornette had a way of hitting people with a racket that it looked like he killed you, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Cornette. He was great at that. There's, yes. And this is why I t- this is when I tell managers, stick to your gimmick. Yeah. Stick to your gimmick. Um, I was known, I'm known with, with me... Gator, you know, doing the Gator gimmick. I I wrap my left hand because I I broke my left hand, so I wrap my left hand in wrist tape. So there's been some spots where I have choked guys out with wrist tape. Damn. See, see how that makes sense? Oh yeah, I see it. Or I've had ether in my in my jacket pocket. We've you know everybody's done that. You know, you spray a little bit of ether in the air. Yeah, I've seen that. You know, a lot of people see the ether. Um, you know how that goes. That's very old school. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do ether, please do it correctly before you fucking hurt somebody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that is not something you want to toy with if you don't know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, don't fuck with it. Yeah, that can really fuck with people. Um, have you ever seen it done? Um, have I ever seen it done? Um, I've seen it done before. Yes. Yes, you have seen it done live. Yes. Okay, I'm not going to tell how it's done on the air, because I don't want nobody stupid to try some shit, but after we get off the air, I will explain to you how it's done. Okay. I don't want to tell it on the air, because I don't want some some fucking outlaw piece of shit to try it, and then kill somebody, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because, oh, Gator told me I can use Ether to win a fucking match, and then we'll hear on the news, Indie Star tells outlaw piece of shit how to win a match. Oh, yeah. New at five. Oh god, I wonder if it's the same and wonder if it would be the same outlaw piece of shit. That's the reason I'm saying this. Oh god. Anyway, moving on. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the next Just, match of the evening. I apologize for fangirling there for a minute. Yes, absolutely, yeah. So we're gonna Fuck you, Vinny. Yeah, we're gonna and we're gonna segue out of this, so uh We're gonna just dick flip on to it. So. Exactly. It's like dick flip on, fuck yeah, you, Cornette. Yeah, we're anyway. not gonna we're not gonna inspire anybody with Nikki Bella Ether, so we'll just move on to the next uh, <laughs> segment here. Like, Why'd you block my Nikki Bella Ether? So anyway, um fuck you. on that note we move on to the next That's match. The thing, hey hang on, hang on. Alright, let me let me drop the gator gimmick for a minute. That, he would fucking try that. He would? I don't oh, shit. You don't think an indie outlaw piece of shit would try that? Oh, they totally would, some, yeah. Some mud show motherfucker? Oh, they totally would. They totally would. God damn, he'd try that in a heart. Oh, God, he would. He totally would. Oh, my God. I and he would probably call it Nikki. It would probably be Nikki Bella Ether. I'm going to tell look, I'm going to, fuck it, I'm going to tell you how you do it. Oh, God. Fuck it. If he does, now, do know, Vinny, before we do this, please, disclaimer, and also add in the disclaimer that just because I tell you how to do it doesn't mean don't fucking do it if you don't know what you're fucking doing. Yes, the following views that are about to be expressed belong solely to Gator Ricky Ross, aka Richard Glover Jr. They do not reflect the views of the, they do not reflect the views of the Boochcast or its affiliates. And just because Gator tells you how to do this does not mean that you are capable of fucking doing it. So do Please not try do this. Not fucking do this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you're gonna do this. You got to have a nice rag with a little bit of weight on it, okay? A little, nice, 
bike rag, I would I recommend a longer rag to something that would fit in your hand. Something longer, and you spray the end of it with with the ether, and then you spray some of that ether into the air. So like carburetor cleaner, whatever you want to use, you know, you can get it at our parts parts store. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So spray it into the air so the fans get a whiff of it. Spray it on the end of the rag. Then you take the end of the rag you sprayed it on and put it in your hand and then cover the guy's face with your other hand so you don't get the fucking ether on them and they just sell it. So basically you're using the the part of the rag that does not have the ether on it. It does smell a little, but you're not going to fucking die by using the end with the fucking ether. Yeah, exactly. If I would, if you, if you were doing it for the first time, I would say just spray it in the air and pantomime you spraying it onto the rag. Because I've done it that way as well. Yeah, that also works. Yes, but again, just because I tell you how to do this does not mean you need to fucking do it. Exactly. So, Vinny, one more time. These do not reflect the views of the Boochcast or its affiliates. They belong solely to Gator. And also, do not try this at home if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Thank you. Okay. So right. anyway, on move that on. note, we're going to move on. Let's to move next... on. I, this, is, this, has got, this particular bit has gotten a little long. Yes. Um, and we're now moving on to the next but, match of the evening. If we even but you can't, can't say I ain't ever taught you shit. That's true. And we have here a match if you've we been, want. You've been on my ass about ta- about about talking about, about shoots. So I have. My shoot. I have. Let's do it. Uh, so anyway. I know you liked it. I know you liked it. Calm down. Okay. I'm just trying to get to the next match. That's why I'm not calm. Oh, oh go okay. ahead, Mr. Bridger. I'm part of the so we're now moving on to the next match. We are now moving on to the next match of the evening, if you want to call it that. Uh, we have Big Van Vader versus Tom Zank. So this was Vader's. This was Vader's first ever appearance in WCW. Yes. Right. This was his debut. Yes, it was. This is his debut. This. This was a fucking squash. <laughs> That's all it was. It was a. Qu- it was something quick to put Ga- to put Vader over as this monster. Yes, it really was. Mm-hmm. It really was, and it just and they picked Zank because they weren't really doing much with him, and yeah, they, well, this is, this is Z Man, so yeah, and there was really nothing else left to him because of the whole uh, angle that was pretty much destroyed because of the whole um, issues they were having with he was in a tag team with Brian Pillman and they were in a rivalry with the Midnight Express that went to shit because there was a lot of behind the scenes crap that went down so Zank basically became a jobber I'm not getting into that we're not getting into that Uh, we'll do that for another I would rather not yeah let's not so anyway Zank's basically a jobber Big Van Bader took him out and that was his debut in WCW it was 2 minutes and 16 seconds and it was basically just there to kind of be like, ooh, look, it's Vader. Mm-hmm. Look, there's this Japanese motherfucker. Yes. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have the Steiner Brothers. Oh, versus God. Versus the fabulous Freebirds. My second favorite tag team versus shit. Okay. I, I've always loved the Freebirds because I always love the way that Michael B. Hayes could just command an audience. Oh, absolutely. But Steiner Brothers aren't shit. I, see, I never got into them. As dude, a tag team. Dude, they were awesome. Are you kidding me? I, I don't disagree that they were awesome. I just never got into them as a tag team. I felt like one member of that team was miles away better than the other. Yeah, I mean, that was a given. You know, we all knew that. Rough, rough, rough. Yeah, and that's about as rough, far as rough, he, rough, rough. That was about as far as you went. So anyway. You dog-faced motherfucker. 
Do you meet this guy in person or something? No, no, I have not. Okay, because I've met Scott, and he's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, as long as you don't give him a live mic. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah, because you knew, you had, you told him don't say fuck. We didn't tell him don't say fuck. You have to put guidelines on Steiner if you give him a live mic. You need to teach this shit. If you tell him what not to say, he won't say it, as long as you got his money. Always have his money! Yes. Always! Not- so then he solved this incident. I sent you the video for this incident. Yes, you did. You did. And I went, oh, dear God. And, and you said... I said it was entertaining as fuck. That's what I said. But I was like, oh, I was my. entertaining as fuck. But I was but sitting there going like, why? 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 Just why would you do that to your program? I mean... Especially mo- with kids that were in the front row. Yeah. Because Steiner don't... Steiner... Steiner cares about the kids when he's meeting them one-on-one. Once he gets in the ring, you don't give a shit about your kid. Truth. No. When he no. gets outside the ring, he's a sweetheart who loves children. Really does. And I, and I remember uh, when I was working with Buff, he told me a story one time where he saw, where this um, mentally challenged kid came up and talked to Steiner, and Steiner had a great conversation with him. And he's one of those kids that he was mental, but he could like so. But he's one of those mentally kids that like it took him a long time to get a word or a sentence out, like that kind of mental, which which normally would annoy anyone. I don't care how big of a heart you have, but Steiner was very patient with him and everything else. And Buff came up to him later. What was the two? Them, he said, dude, ten year, five years ago, you would have, five years ago, you would have fucking snapped dealing with something like that. And Scott said, being a dad has changed me a little. So, outside the ring, Steiner is a sweetheart. In, in fact, you know, I was giving, you know, Ricky Steamboat shit uh, last time we did this. We were talking about, like, him not signing an autograph for a seven-year-old. That same seven-year-old kid went up to Scott Steiner. He signed it, no questions asked. So, even though Steiner's all about the money, and if somebody my age went up to him and asked for an autograph, we'd have to pay for that shit. Um, he'll charge us. But a little kid, he was like, boom, here you go. He had a little poster. You signed the poster. He signed the poster. Boom, ready to go. So, I, I got nothing but nice things to say about Scott Steiner. Met the guy. Been nothing but nice to me. But overall, I, I've been a Steiner Bros fan. Was, I like the fact that Steiner was, he was nice. He was nice to us, too. We just didn't. We didn't think not to say. Um, I I could have told you that. Then he later told me, Gator, you should have told him this. <laughs> y- y- yes. If you ever book Steiner again, put that... Mention, if your grandfather talks to him, make sure you tell him. Granddad, tell him not to say fuck. Make sure that is ex- made very clear before the deal is finalized. If you don't put parameters on Steiner, he will do whatever he wants. Well, well, let's talk about parameters. Okay. If you don't put parameters on certain entertainers, yes, you get riots. Yes. So don't don't do that. Right? Yes, I know. What Especially you- when they ask you, is there anything you don't want me to say? And you say, do you? You're you just fucked yourself at that point. You don't. No, 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 no. Just piss people off. Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. There's gonna be some riots. There's gonna be some hell. It's gonna it's gonna some be bad. Guardrail jumping. Guardrail jumping. But yeah. So anyway, I've had a couple of them. Yes. Well, Scott Steiner wasn't like that at this time because when him and Rick were in a tag no, team and no, 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 no. Steiner wasn't like that. I'm just saying in general. I know. Please, I know. Please put parameters. Yes. 
So, but yeah. So anyway, Steiner Bros and the Fabulous Freebirds had a 13 minute, 45 second great tag match. Loved it. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good tag match. I mean, it was overall told a good story. So. Oh, they were, these guys are great, and Michael Hayes, of course, was great in the ring as well. And you know, it was him and Jimmy Garvin. They did a hell of a great job, and yep. it was yep. just the man who's the man whose face went up like the challenger. Yep. Um, and and on that note, we're going to move on from this match. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. And now we got ourselves a six-man tag team match. We have... This was a clusterfuck. The Dudes with Attitude, El Gigante, Junkyard Dog, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff against the Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, and Sid Vicious. Okay, the Horsemen did great in this. El Gigante is a giant clutch. A clutch, you say? You didn't see it? I saw it. I'm just being funny. There was, there was, huh? Oh my god. What did you say? I said, I got it. I was just being funny. Oh, yes. He just, there was, you're a big ass giant. Be intimidating. Yeah. He, he is had, not. He had that face like, he had that face like, you know, like Bambi's mom before she got fucking shot. No, he just, he has a look on his face like the goofy giant that like, he doesn't get mad until you actually start teasing him or hitting him. Like, he had, it, he had that, he had that look on his face that just screamed, hey you guys. Uh, which way do we go, George? Which way do we go? Tell them about the rabbits. Yeah, the rabbits. I, I get to tend them rabbits. I, I want to tend them rabbits. And then, but yeah, he, he's just a giant clutch, and it, and he and he destroys this match. Yeah, there is there is such a thing as star quality. Yes, very much so. He, he does not have it. No, he no have he no have it. He no have it. It, 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 this is bad. Very, very bad. It is bad. Anyway, going on. Yes, and then we move on to the next match of the evening. I got some shit to say about this. Uh, for the United States Championship, Lex Luger defends against Mark Callis with Pauly Dangerously. Me, Mark. Me, Mark Callis. Yep. Mm, you want to go? Um, yes. Um, for those okay. of you who may not know... That's that- The Undertaker. The Undertaker's facing Lex Luger in a U.S. title match in WCW. Keep in mind, this is before... This is in July, so he didn't go to Survivor Series till November. When he was eventually... Managed by Paul Heyman. Yep, with Paul Heyman as his manager. Um, Managed by Paul Heyman. Yes. Uh, and, of course, one thing I, I do want to say is, uh, like, of course, you know, he leaves in November for WWE because eventually after this, when they were releasing him, Ole Anderson actually said he would never draw a dime in this business. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was an ingenious thing to say. And then, of course, yeah. um... Well, you, I, know I, what, you, you know what, though? Yeah? Eric Bischoff told, told a young Steve Williams that he would, wouldn't be anything with his black tights and his black boots. And... Yeah, although the difference is uh, Stone Cold has gone on record in saying that even though he was pissed about it at the time, Eric Bischoff made a point back then. He said back then he would have fired him. So, like, he, he gets it now. M- Mark, on the yeah. other hand, has not said that. No. Well, he he still thinks only was fucking. He still had the, he still had an image. He did. Uh, and the thing is, although I will say the, the only person I want to put on blast for this is um Jim Ross. Oh God. Yeah, Jim Ross. I'm, I got some shit to say about him. Um, Jim Ross showed me in this while calling this match. There was a moment where he showed me that when it comes to things outside of the wrestling business, he's dumber than a bucket full of air. He may have a great wrestling mind, but it's only great in wrestling. Because he said one of the dumbest things I've ever fucking heard a commentator say. At one point, he says this sentence. He said, Polly Dangerously doesn't have a lot of fans here in the Baltimore arena. He's the Andrew Dice Clay of the NWA. And I had to watch it. I had to rewind it. 
to make sure I fucking heard that. And um, let me tell you why Jim Ross, outside of the wrestling business, is a complete fucking idiot for saying that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Folks, this is this is uh, Richard Glover uh, saying that the following views and events are uh, completely Vinny's, and they do reflect the bootcast, but they don't reflect me. So... Make sure, make sure you know that you can still book me, and I'm not the one that shit on Jr. Yeah. Um, also, hold on. Also, it's time for another edition of Boot Shoots. Yes. Here's Boot. Yeah. Let me, okay. So here, here's here's the issue. First of all, first of all, Paul Heyman, at least in WCW. Now ECW, yes, but in WCW, let me tell you something. Not even close to Andrew Dice Clay. Nothing. About Paul E. Dangerously with the brightly colored suits and the and the cell phone too big for his fucking head is nothing like Andrew Dice Clay. Now, the Paul Heyman who owned and operated ECW? Oh, yeah. He's dice without the cigarette. But in WCW? No. And also, also, Andrew Dice Clay not only had fans, he had a cult fucking following. In fact... He had people that would recite his jokes back to him. Yes, like a rock. He was the original rock star comic. There wasn't one before him that had that type of status. In fact, this year, 1990, was the year he became the first comedian to sell out Madison Square Garden. He sold it out. And for 16 years, he was the only comic to do it. Because it t- he, he wasn't that funny, but anyway. He held that record for 16 years until it was broken by Dane Cook. But from but before that time, Dice sold out the garden. He had a sold-out show one day and a sold-out show the next day. He sold the garden out, taped his special Dice rules there. Crowds would come out. He walked out to the ring, people go to the stage, people going, Dice, 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 Dice. This man had throngs of fans. Yes, he was hated by certain groups. He was hated by certain celebrities, hated by certain people, but he had fucking fans, okay? When Dice got on stage, no one booed him. And if someone dared to heckle him, they had their psyches destroyed. Destroyed. You think Gator's edgy? Gator, I love you, my brother. But he can't hold a candle to a dice edge. No. 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 It is fucking... This man was a comedy god. Okay? Well, I would not say that. I'm looking... Hey, I'm talking straight stats right now. Not even... You're talking stats. I'm... I'm talking, I'm talking, he was, he had a following, yes. He was a fucking he's star. Near, he's, he's nowhere near Brother Carlin. Well, well, the exception of Richard Pryor, no one can say they're better than Carlin. Cause, exactly. So, that's, a, that, but that's a different story. I'm talking about as far as, like, Jim Ross, that was, do some fucking research, man. Like, oh, well, I mean, it, it was very ignorant, but I was waiting for you to bring it up, because I'm like, oh god, Vinny's gonna fucking rip this apart. Ignorant, <laughs> that was a level of fucking ignorance I never heard before. I'm like, look. Look, if you're gonna make pop culture references like that, fucking do your research. At least Mauro Ranallo, when he says dumb pop culture shit, he does his research. He does his homework. He finds a way to make it work within the context of how he's calling the match. That was, like, Jim Ross is a great mind for wrestling. I will never take that away from him. AEW was smart to scoop him up, and and his and his ability to mentor talent alone makes him worthy of anybody else. But I'm just saying, that was, the, that was just 
fucking stupid. I just, it was. And obviously, Jim Ross doesn't make a lot of pop culture references anymore. Now he just talks, now he just says, Boomer, Sumer, and barbecue sauce. But, you know, outside of the, stop me when I lie. Um, but that was just Tough. bad. Than a two dollar steak, that too, yeah. You know, two dollar steak, scalded dog, good god almighty, look at the carnage, you know, cool shit like that. Some of those I wish he'd still say, and AEW, for some reason, he's not saying them as much. I don't know why, but you know, it's like, dude, oh, you god. got you had a formula, use it. Oh, so, god. But anyway, that just freaking bugged the shit out of me, it made me so freaking mad. Oh, god. Oh, god. Now, Gator's on the receiving end of it. Oh, my god, this is this is opposite day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Now Gator's the one uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, because I might have to work. And I'm kind of not trying to have to work. Stiff as a motherfucker. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yes. There once was a man named Russo. <laughs> oh, no. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And... There once was a man named Russo who wanted to be religious Luso. So he went and he... <laughs> so he went and opened a company called Jesus Championship Wrestling. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. No. <laughs> Oh God! You're welcome. So anyway, um. By the way, by the way, that had a 98 rating. Thank you. So anyway, uh, on that oh, note, yes. Anyway, let's finish. So Lex Luger, uh, wins the title. I think he does like a clothesline. He gets a pinfall. It's fucking weird. Um. Yes, it's, it's clusterfuck. Anyway, yes. moving on. Next so we we've move- got Doom, uh, which is Butch Reed and Ron Simmons with Teddy Long against the Rock and Roll Express. On, taking on the uh. The Rock and yeah, Roll Express for the tag team and, titles. And they lose, of course, to Doom uh, with Teddy. I think it was Teddy interference. Yeah, Teddy Long definitely interfered. Uh, yeah, Teddy. Man, Teddy was a decent manager. He really was. He was decent. And they actually acknowledged the fact that he used to be a referee, and then they kind of brought him in as a manager, and then, then he went back to WWE and was a referee again, then later got to manage again, and then become a GM and all that. And Teddy Long's a great guy, for the record. Awesome dude. Sweetheart. Sweetheart. Fucking sweetheart. Sweetheart. Uh, have him at the Rock and Roll Express. I was supposed to interview Ricky Morton before the Buff and Booch cast got canceled. He was supposed to be our next guest. So I would have got a chance to talk to Ricky at least. But Ricky's Ricky good guy. Ricky good guy. Yeah. So we were going to have a chance to talk to Ricky Morton. So I'm a little sad I never got to do that. But uh, maybe someday down the road. Yeah, maybe we, we might. Maybe someday down the road, I'll get, I'll get, I'll be able to book it. But in the meantime, uh, great tag team title match, uh, Rock and Roll Express. They showed why they're Hall of Famers this match. Anyway, main event time now. Yes. So we get to the main event for the World Heavyweight Title. Uh, we had Sting with El Gigante, Junkyard Dog, Lex Luger, Paul Orndorff, and the Steiner Brothers versus Ric Flair with Ole Anderson. Yes. This. This was decent. This was uh, very. <sighs> You feel like you've seen it before. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that because you have seen it before. I'm saying it because it was done multiple times throughout the year here. Yeah. And it just, it gets old. And then the, and then fucking El, El Elegante and his, and his klutzy ass. And he was handcuffed to Ole Anderson. Jesus Christ, dude. Fucking klutz. Yeah. Giant fucking klutz, man. Giant fucking klutz. Yeah. And the thing that fascinated me about this match was I noticed a lot of hypocrisy while watching this match. And yes, hypocrisy. Hypocrites galore. Because I hear, I hear so many wrestlers, big name stars, your Hogan's, your Cena's, your few others, get a lot of shit for... Oh, All right, be, be, be easy now. Be oh, easy. Oh, I'm going to say it. Be easy. 
They get a lot of shit because everybody says, oh, they no sell all the time and they don't sell this move. They don't sell that move. They don't sell this and they're charged, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but um, how often did Sting sell in this match? Barely. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, if we're gonna call a spade a spade, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, and I'm not hating um, on Sting. I love Sting. I've interviewed Sting. Sting was one of my favorites as a kid. I love Sting. Don't let, don't I, get it twisted now. I also now. love Sting. Steve is, Steve is a, uh, breaking kayfabe. Steve is a fucking sweetheart. Yes, great guy. So, I have no, I have no hate for Sting. I'm just pointing out that so many people give crap to these guys for no selling. Meanwhile, Sting sold very little in this match. Yeah, he... And Ric Flair was so good at selling, he made Sting look even more menacing for no selling. Yeah. Like he would chop him and Sting would keep coming. He would punch him and Sting would keep coming like it didn't even phase him. Sting, ow. Sting thought he was Hogan. <laughs> exactly. Um, like I that's mean, how it looked in that moment. I mean, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, I can't say it. I can't say it. You can't say it? No, I can't. Yeah. That's Van Great match. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it was. If you're, if you're a young, if you're a young wrestler, please watch that. Please yeah. watch that match with Dutch and, and Don. Yeah, I will. And, uh, I will say though, Sting. <laughs> yes, I will say Sting winning the world title was a great moment. Uh, yeah, that was a good move. That it was, was a good move. It was very smart. You know, Sting was coming back from an injury, and he, you know, that match was done very well in that regard, and Sting looked amazing in the match. I just wanted to point out that one little hypocrisy moment, but overall, this was a great contest. It was I a great main event. It. it was a great main event, and definitely, oh I would say the Great American Bash 1990 is definitely worth watching. Oh, Satan. Yes, this is, the, if you want to really see classic wrestling done correctly by the masters of it, Vinny. Yes. Yes. 100%. You want to see this match. Yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's episode of the Boochcast, this classic episode uh, that we have of the uh, 1990 Great American Bash. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check out our YouTube channel where we have all of Boochcast-related video content. And make sure you guys hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when new content will be posted to the YouTube channel. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. We have our live wrestling watch parties there. Our next one will be Saturday, July the 30th. That's later this month for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. Uh, we're going to be doing something very special for SummerSlam. Uh, the Boochcast team has uh, one of two plans in the works. Uh, either A, I'll be doing it with uh, Buff Bagwell while we're in Tampa, Florida, or the Boochcast team will get together 
and they will do something for SummerSlam while I'm in Tampa with Buff Bagwell. So one of those two things will be happening. We're still trying to figure out the kinks for it. But either way, there will be a watch party on Saturday, July the 30th. Also, be on the lookout for our live D&D show that will be coming soon. Uh, we're still trying to work out the kinks on that. And of course, the Boochcast booking battle that will be coming soon to the Boochcast. Uh, myself and Elvis Linsky will be putting together a roster and we'll be competing to see who the better booker man is on the WWE 2K22 My GM mode. Will it be Vinny Bucci or will it be Elvis Delinsky? Also, make sure you guys support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at. Uh, one option you can donate at is for 99 cents per month. This is for people who uh, want to help out with the show but don't really have a lot of money to spend. We know a lot of you guys out there have bills to pay and mouths to feed. So the last thing we would ever ask you guys to do is break the bank or sacrifice a payment or feel pressured or guilt-tripped into giving us money that you don't have to support this show. If all you can do is click the link and listen to the show and spread the link to people you know, then you're still helping us out and we still appreciate what you're doing for us. But if you want to put a little skin in the game, the 99 cents level is for you because at the end of the day, it's 99 cents. You're not really going to miss it, but it helps us out a great deal because every little bit helps us keep this show going and thriving. Now the second level you can donate at is for $4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And of course, we've got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. Say that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network and unlike the wwe we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want you have the option of paying with a credit card or with gpay now all the money we raise from this show all of it goes back into the show in some capacity we use it to upgrade our equipment we use it to bring in bigger name guests pay our bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the booch cast a success so if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest of the money to feed Zach Scott ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.